When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are recording episode 773 on Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. And if this microphone cuts out one more time, I'm going to sue this company. And that will maybe just be the end of this podcast. Um, (laughs) But Ms. Davis, please introduce yourself to everybody listening and to myself. Yes, uh, Lauren Davis, um, here, live here in Dallas, Texas, mother of three, business owner and running for Dallas County judge um, here in the great state of Texas. So what all does that, so last week I had on a, a woman who, who teaches ballet professionally, and I don't know a thing about ballet. I, I have a biology degree from 2013. The vast majority of things on this podcast I discussed and interviewed people about I know nothing about. So please excuse me for the uh, upcoming elementary questions. But what does that even consist of? Like running for judge? Is it is that not an appointment ship? Is that not it is? Is it like, I guess, inherently political? No. So actually, it's really interesting. And I think maybe one of the reasons why, you know, we haven't had a, a quality person in an office um, for some time. So it is not a judicial judge here in Texas. It's our county commissioner's court. It's just in name only, a court in in name only, and a judge in name only. The real position is very much like a CEO or like a mayor or a chairman um, of the county. And in Dallas County, there's 2.7 million people, um, 31 cities. So it encompasses a very large area. And it's meant to be Um, you know, a very local form of government where neighbors are serving neighbors. It's the administrative arm um, of the state. So it's never meant to be in conflict with the governor. And that's why this position has become so important and so notable here in Dallas County, because the current current county judge, Clay Jenkins, um, pulled a Gavin Newsom or a Cuomo and was on TV every day during the pandemic. Um, put a salon owner in jail at the beginning of the pandemic. So he made himself famous for being a tyrant because emergency powers for the county lies directly under this position. But it's administrative, nothing judicial about it. I don't know, like, it's probably like high school for me, but maybe college. You ever remember, like, like the first time you you like drank even if it was like underage i think i was like 16 maybe this you shouldn't be talking about this if you're running for judge so i'll talk about it is but it's always kind of weird when like you know you see like your friends who you've known for a while and you've known them for you know kind of like your for me like middle school high school your sober life and then like the first time you guys are all away at college at like a frat party or a dorm room and you all get drunk together you know the majority of people are just kind of the same person then maybe their personality amplified a little bit. Uh, and then, but there's always like one person that either they become like super angry or they just become like a wild child. And it's just, we had a friend in, in, in college named Rob and Rob was like, I mean, he was like, like Superman, like mild mannered Clark Kent, straight A guy, like Christian guy, good boyfriend. But when he drank, he'd become whiskey Rob. And Whiskey Rob was, I mean, the funniest person I've ever met in my life. The point of this whole thing I'm saying is it's kind of absurd how during the pandemic we saw what happened when people just got a little bit of power, just a little bit of power, really, really the first emergency since 9-11. It was kind of like going to college and some people became Whiskey Rob. And so is that what the is that what the judge there did just became a tyrant, literally jailed someone for opening a hair salon? Yeah, yeah, I think he got um, to stick with your analogy. He was drunk on on power and just completely. I mean, he loves the camera. He just became enamored with the power he had and he misused it. He abused it. He manipulated our entire community with it. And so. 
um, too bad he, he wasn't a funny drunk. He was quite the mean drunk and, and literally, um, you know, trying to ruin people's lives all for his political gain. The position isn't inherently political, divisively political, right? It doesn't necessarily touch some of these big national issues, yet he continues to bring national issues into the forefront and exploit the position for, in my opinion, his future political gain. I mean, even Nancy Pelosi was here visiting with him. Um, I think it was last week. What in the world is Nancy Pelosi doing in Dallas County? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so, so he's taking national issues and using them to, I guess, push forward his own agenda on a, on a local, on a local scale that, yeah, or just talk about things that they don't even have anything to do with the job. They can't even do the basic core functions of county government well, which is our jails, um, our elections, the administration of our elections fall under the commissioner's court. So it's a very important position when we're talking election integrity, um, health and human services. So all of our county hospital system, which is called Parkland here in Dallas County, IT, human resources, so the complete function and administration of governments here, yet he he's spending time talking to Nancy Pelosi and, and speaking on matters like UK, Ukraine and Russia that have nothing to do with our county government. <laughs> our jails are failing inspections and he's bloviating about Ukraine and Russia. That was kind of like I think in like 2016 or maybe 17 when a lot of people are speculating that Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook was gearing up to like the 2020 election. I don't even remember this, but there's like a brief like three month period. in I think 2017 where he was, he was going on all these clear photo ops. There was always just so happened to be like a professional photographer and he'd be like, you know, here I am in like rural Georgia, like meeting with like the dairy farmers or it was like, here I am up in like Wisconsin. Like I love some cheese. And everyone was like, what the hell is this guy doing? And it was so clear he was maneuvering to go onto a national platform, which obviously yeah. he didn't do. But it kind of sounds like that's what this guy's doing. Just, yeah. yeah. What the hell does Ukraine have to do with Texas? Yeah, nothing in Dallas County at that matter. Yeah. Right. It's just um, it's absurd. He needs just to get to business core functions of government, small as possible. And, and we don't have that. We have someone who's trying to constantly keep us um, in a state of fear, actively encouraging with his Twitter account for people to not go to busy bars and restaurants during covid spikes. Uh, you know, he just he's just become famous for being a tyrant. And so, you know, it's time it's time for a change. And there's a lot of people who hate him. You should watch his Twitter feed. It's quite hysterical. <laughs> I, I will start watching. I won't give him yeah. a follow, but I will start watching it. <laughs> Don't give him a follow. But it's funny. People just, you know, bust his chops all day long. So aside from just not doing the duties, because that's one thing. It'd be one thing if you if he was just it'd be one thing if like Dallas County was just like humming, if he was just like getting it all done. And then you could maybe be like, Hey, there's a guy that just can't get enough work. He's also taken on Ukraine. That would almost be admirable. It'd be like, you're doing, it's like those, like I had friends that got into medical school, but also got like their law degree while they're in medical school. And it's like, Oh, because you're just, you just, it's not enough brain power for you to just do it. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, guys like me are like struggling to get it like past the MCAT. That would be admirable if he was just running the whole thing mm -hmm. and was also taking on international affairs, it'd be like, well, there's a model citizen. So aside from just kind of shirking the responsibilities of his job and also not only doing that, but then maneuvering for clearly what seems to be some political campaign in the future. Mm -hmm. And this might just be wild speculation, but I just look at someone that's clearly not doing it as correctly as they should. Is that someone who's also benefiting personally? Like, is there any way he could be, I don't know, using the office for his own income? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of corruption in Dallas politics, um, Dallas County politics. So, um, you know, I don't have any hard evidence at this moment, but there is a lot of speculation that he misused. Um, I think it was the PPP funds. Um, uh, there is some shady dealings. He's a he is a um, personal injury attorney by trade. So there are some shady dealings with a law firm that he bought under a family who had just experienced some severe tragedy that he was partners with, the long car 
family, um, a huge personal injury attorney um, here in Dallas that died tragically. And so there's just some really shady dealings um, that he's been known to be part of. So I'd fully expect him to be, I mean, someone who is willing to put a salon owner in jail during COVID. Um, I mean, go through with it, put her in jail when we have crime issues, jails, failing inspections, all of these other things, but he takes the time to use our county resources to put somebody in jail who's just trying to keep their place open for people to earn a living during a really terrible time is, is someone who's inherently corrupt and on the wrong side of most everything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we could, we can sit here and attack this guy all day and I'll happily do it. I don't care. But, um, (laughs) but for, for people who maybe are less critiquing of him and perhaps more critiquing of you, what, what is it that you would do? And again, this is, I'm not, I've been to Texas once in my life. I've, I have no, I have no dog in the fight. Um, but that being said, so what, what would you do that would be better than him and not in some, I've interviewed a lot of candidates for like Senate and Congress and local stuff. And I've really kind of from the get go, just kind of cut through like the bullshit fluff, the we're going to do it better and we're going to cut down on yeah, Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the American flags waving behind you. That's all great and good. But like for the people that actually live there, like what could you theoretically and practically do that would actually make you a better candidate? Like, uh, I enjoy the iPhone for as much as people don't like Apple. Mm-hmm. I like it. And not because it's some sleek new ad and they have, you know, the one word ads inspiring innovation. And it's like, no, I just, I like it. It's bigger. My eyes suck so I can see it better. That's a, that's enough for me. What are like the practical things that you could do or will do that will actually make you an appealing candidate? Sure. Yeah. And, and we got through our primary recently. And so I was, I was up against, you know, a favorite candidate who had had all this experience in, in office. He's a 14 year school board trustee, um, which the national narrative says school board trustees aren't people's favorite, but here in Dallas, they were trying to make them the favorite Dallas ICD school board trustee. And I came out of that primary with nearly 70% um, of the vote. I crushed it. Our campaign crushed it. And it was primarily for a couple of reasons. One, I'm not a politician. Um, I'm a fired up mother of three who is done with government coming into my family and messing with it. Um, my husband and I are entrepreneurs. We opened up a chain of barbershops, membership-based barbershops back in 2008. So we literally spent our whole lives being entrepreneurs. And then the government comes in and shuts, shuts us down, literally takes our American dream to zero. So I got up there and I said, you know what? I don't see anyone on the Republican ticket. So you have to run on a ticket, right, in this race. I don't see anyone on the Republican ticket that's going to hold the line on our God-given rights, on our individual liberties, be pro-business, pro-family, pro-parental rights. Um, It was someone who was on there who had absolutely advocated and stripped away my parental rights. My kids very openly fought the mask mandates in, in the public school system here in Dallas. Um, which that's an ongoing issue and we can get into that. But I went up there and I I filed on the last day um, to file this um, because I said, okay, no one's going to do it. I looked around and I'm like, really, really God, nobody, nobody. So, okay, it's me. I'll do it. Um, I've got a business background. It's a CEO position and um, filed on the last day, mobilized mothers, grandparents within a little less than two months mobilized 70% of the vote. And it was done because we were telling the truth. Um, there is there is a truth wave, I say, coming through. The truckers, the convoys that are coming across the country are not coming for the Republican Party or for any party or the Independent Party or whatever you want to say. They're coming because they believe in truth. They want their life back and they're tired of the government coming into it. And so I just spoke from the heart, spoke from the truth and said, we need a small government. We need career politicians who have violated our individual liberties and negotiated with our our founding principles, our constitution, they need to go. And over and over and with the complete typical, you know, typical political structure here in Dallas against me, my campaign came out with 70% of the vote. It was huge, huge in Dallas. I mean, this race is probably going to be one of the top 
um, top two races in Texas. I mean, it will have a national implications when I win it because we'll go ahead and say I'm going to win. And it's purely because I'm asking people to change their framework and their belief system on how they evaluate their leaders. I'm tired of even using the word politician. How do you want to evaluate your leaders? I say we need to look at it and you need to know their framework for making decisions. And you need to know some of their core values because you need to be as a constituent able to predict how I might respond to unknown things such as COVID, right? Because it had we understood my opponent's framework, we would have predicted he would have been a tyrant, right? And if you understand my framework of, I do not negotiate with our constitution, I will negotiate with you as a colleague and on the commissioner's court up to the point where it erodes our foundation, because I don't have the right to negotiate with your integrity or anyone else's or our country's, and that's our constitutional foundation. Um, but everything in between can be discussed so we can get to a means to an end, right? We should be easy to work with, um, non-argumentative, non-partisan, um, and, and find the common ground, but not to where it erodes our constitution. And I think that's what's gone wrong in our country now is that we've negotiated with our foundation. And so it's got us in this terrible position. But I'm asking people, they keep begging me, give me your three points, give me your three points. And I said, I know you wanna hear them because politicians have been in front of you for decades, razzling and dazzling you with all of this talk, but I've never been in this position. This is like a takeover of a failing business, right? Um, what I do know is that there's something in there that's working well. There's always something to build on. I'll find that. Um, and then everything else, we'll, we will completely evaluate and find ways to make more efficient. I wonder when I walk into the government building where the court is held, does the front desk um, gal that's sitting there ever get talked to? Does Clay, Clay Jenkins, my opponent, does he even know how many kids she has? I think there's been a complete underestimation of just leadership skills in these positions. And we're looking for people to be experts. And the experts are what caused us this horrible reality we're all in after, after COVID. So um, I'll get in there and I'm going to run it like a business. I'm going to run it like my home. You know, nothing extra until the core functions are done. Right? I tell my kids all the time. You don't get all the extra activities until you can do what you're supposed to do, do it well. Um, and so I just think there needs to be some common sense brought, brought back to these positions and just some pure leadership skills. So what does that, <clears throat> what does that like practically look like? Excuse me, my stomach's gurgling. What does that practically look like in Dallas County? Like what are things that you could repeal or turn back COVID restrictions what are some things sure. that yeah, could actually start? Yeah, emergency, on day so one. emergency emergency orders one, right? There's there's no reason why we're still in an emergency. Um, uh, my opponent still has us under different mandates um, of kind. Those all need to be walked back. Um, our elections, the administration of our elections, it's not a I'm a vote one of five, and where you get more um singular power is in that emergency orders that solely lies under the judge, but everything else is a one vote of five. There's four districts, four commissioners. So it does have to have a majority vote, but I think um, going in and shining a light on some of these things like our, you know, right now they're talking about our past elections um, on uh, this primary. There's over well over 400 polling sites and some of them don't have election judges. So there's just some inefficiencies in how some of these basic functions are running. Um, there's cleaning up the jails, but the, but the court establishes a budget and a tax rate. And so they don't really have a lot of say in how things are run, but where money goes and where contracts go. So I can't exclusively tell the sheriff how to run the jails but I can allocate, be part of the decision on allocating money. So I think where the practical influence comes from is speaking up um, for real solutions, not being scared, not doing backdoor deals, because it's still a vote one of five. Um, and it's bringing some civility back to the court. It's very disjointed and people argue and um, certain commissioners maybe monopolize time, talk about things that don't matter. So it's just bringing back efficiency across the board. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, not a, it's, it's not meant to be a tyrannical position. So it's going to require working well with others and bringing people together. 
um, in order to make good decisions for the people of Dallas County. So, so his emergency powers kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a way around the, the one of five vote. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they lie exclusively under, under the judge. So it's, it's like the executive order type of a scenario. So, but the emergency is meant to be for seven days at a time. It's meant to be very specific, um, like a tornado or something of that nature, not, um, you know, not year long, you know, pandemics. So he's just misused and led people to believe he has a power that he doesn't actually really have. Um, and it's tied up in the courts right now. He's been suing the governor for some time on these local rights. Wait, what? Yeah, he sued the governor. That's what got, you know, <laughs> yes, he sued Governor Abbott um, saying he's in control of the local community because Governor Abbott put a ban on mask mandates um, and vaccine mandates, I believe, um, and specifically in the school districts, Dallas ISD and among other ISDs. And so that's where my family publicly fought the mandate that he stripped us of our parental rights. I have two kids with health conditions. Um, my son, one survived three open heart surgeries and my daughter has had multiple eye surgeries where at one point she didn't want to even see her face, see herself in the mirror. And so putting a mask on these kids after all this time, just I had a visceral reaction to it. Like I, I don't want to deal with these unintended consequences. And so because of of the county judge and the manipulation of those emergency powers got into litigation with our governor over who has the right to control the people and nobody does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you, so has he just been extending it every seven days or has he been? How, yeah. How he that... just keep, yeah. He just keeps extending it. They just keep approving extensions of emergency power. And I understand there's some nuance to it because governor Abbott, has extended emergency powers. All of these different er people are extending their emergency powers and they just keep fighting at it. It was never meant to be um, in conflict with the governor. County government is supposed to go along with the governor. It's the administrative arm of state government to bring it down to the local community. Um, so, and so he's suing for rights, power rights. So is the is the Dallas County judge, is he unique in his extension of powers or is that, is that kind of an across the board thing? Is that what everyone's doing? On, on other counties? No, not all counties are doing that, but just the, the highly politicized liberal ones are. Others are not. So it's like two totally different roles. You can go down a mile down the road into another school district um, that's more conservative in Dallas and, and it's a totally different reality. Literally, every petty tyrant that existed as a superintendent in a school district or in a county has taken these, uh, this idea of local power and manipulated it and say, oh, well, I control my people. Well, no one controls anybody more than you control yourself. And so they've just manipulated that whole idea of local control. They say, well, if we have local control, then I do too, you know, superintendent, and then the teacher in her classroom. And then, you know, it's never ending. Who keeps approving it every seven days? Um, well, it appears to me to be the to the commissioner's court. So there are people, the entire court, except for one person, is um, very liberal. So there's one conservative, and so it just keeps it just keeps rolling and getting approved. So then, are they to blame, or is the and this is again, this is me not understanding any of this, and like I said. I'm, I'm well, no, it is a little, it's a little complicated. We all need a civics lesson in, in local government. And I'm still learning to be honest as, yeah. as I go through some of this nuance. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, so that's what I'm trying to figure out is, um, is it just the judge doing this or are the, are the people around them are the people around them to, to blame as well? Are, are there people who are approving it and thus, does removing him and putting you in, does that necessarily stop this from happening again? Because what if you end up getting out of office and then there's still that sort of group of yes men around them who keep approving it? Can any of that change or is this like a temporary, you can go in there and kind of keep your finger off the emergency button, but as soon as someone else gets in there, they can turn it back on. Cause then this just seems like a, 
sure. like a Tylenol or a Band-Aid instead of like an actual surgery or, you know, fixing the root cause of the pain. Sure. No, it's definitely a root cause, I, I suppose, with a caveat. So any any exchange of power can cause, you know, things to go in a different direction. I think we saw that nationally with our presidential election, right? These executive powers. Um, so there is some of that. So yeah, sure. I get in four years and then a timer gets in four years later and can redo all of this. Yes, but it has to be initiated by the judge um, position. It can't be initiated by other other people on the court. So it is solely in the, um, in the judge's power. So if you look at the um, organizational chart, it's one of five, right? That you have the judge who presides over the court, sets agendas and does all these different things. And it's the leadership on the court, but it's one of five votes. But the emergency power is exclusively under the judge. So it has to be initiated by that position. So say if I was in there, it just wouldn't be up for discussion. There wouldn't be an emergency power on this pandemic. So therefore it would be gone. It would be done. But I do believe it does on some things require some of the vote, um, but it's but it's under the judge that this power lies. Um, and so it's just been manipulated. So could you like, I don't know how you would, it's, yeah, I mean, I guess this is the, I guess the age old question of peaceful transfer of power is how to not become corrupted yourself. I was going to say, could you go in and could you abolish the ability to become, to have emergency powers, but then is that not itself a tyrannical move to go in there and and gut the, it's this weird, you know, what is the, you know, if a tree falls in the middle of the woods, it doesn't make a sound. It's, I don't know if that's great, but you're going in and it's this weird, can you, you know, what would happen if you went back in time and killed your grandpa? Would you be alive to be able to go back? If you go in there and, and gut their ability to extend emergency powers and you do it through like an emergency power, which although in your justification, and I would be here backing you saying it's to prevent tyranny. Mm -hmm. Is that not using tyranny to prevent tyranny? Yeah. I mean, it's the, (laughs) when I've, when I've, you know, you know, contacted the AG Paxton's office to help in this fight with my kids and fighting these mandates and feeling powerless as a citizen, you know, I remember, um, his team saying like, we, we can't fight lawlessness with lawlessness. lawlessness. Yeah. You know, we have to have that restraint and hold our line on these boundaries and find ways to operate within our system. Now it's going to take longer. It takes more people. It takes the majority of a commissioner's court to do it. But I think with a good intention, with persistence, with truth on our side, you can prevail, but you have to be very careful truth, not to be corrupted yourself. And I think that's why when we're looking at our leaders, it's so important to evaluate them on values, core principles, leadership frameworks in order instead of individual policies, because people just elect me to come in there and say, I'm going to take away the emergency power, right? I'm going to abolish it. I mean, you might find yourself putting someone in power that you don't fully agree with because you get so hyper-focused on one issue. I wish we would hyper-focus on leadership skills and frameworks and just core values versus these divisive issues that are used really just to divide the American people. And I get it on some issues on the national level, but it just certainly does not at all apply to or should be involved in county, your local government. Unfortunately, those single issues are sometimes what a lot of times are what get people to uh, is what gets people to actually go out and vote. I mean, ideally, yeah, they do. Ideally, we should know we should all know when it's Biden versus Trump, we should all know what their economic plan is, what their domestic plan mm-hmm. is. What are they going to do with Department of Homeland Security? How are they preventing Chinese cyber attacks? What are they doing about the South China Sea? What about Space mm-hmm. Force, the future? We should know all those <laughs> things. The reality yeah. are is like... It's like a one-issue yeah, thing. Yeah, it, but, and a lot of people criticize that, but at the same time, it's it's just, you know, it's just what it is. It's people saying that this song sucks. It's just a catchy pop song. Well, that's unfortunately what makes a song go number one. It's just what it is. And we can sit here and pout about it. We can say, you know, well, Jimi Hendrix is better. But the reality is, is, is it's a Miley Cyrus pop song to an EDM beat. Yeah, you're going to be nodding your head. to. It. It's just what it is. It sucks. So when people, not you, but I mean, when uh, but a lot of people do criticize, oh, you're just a single uh, issue voter. 
Well, if I'm not a single issue voter, I'm a zero issue voter, which means I'm probably not going to go vote. So if I look at something like like politics, I have my own political views. I've been left and right four different times. I, I don't I'm not set in stone on any one thing. And the if you had told me a year ago, I'd start having on candidates on my podcast that I'd say you're high and that you're not coming on my podcast. But I've now interviewed 10 or 12 people running for Congress or Senate or local politics mm-hmm. and everything. And it's because despite being more conservative leaning, I'm willing to gut all my other beliefs because of like, really, I don't think there should be an ongoing emergency with COVID and I don't think there should be vaccine mandates. And unfortunately I should be aware of everything, but if you want to get people to act that middle ground, maybe Mm -hmm. those sway voters, those swing voters they're probably only going to come out when it is single issue. Like, you know what? I don't care about yeah. abortion or this, that, or the other thing. Can we get someone in the white house? So like, so my food doesn't double every month, like, you know, something like that. So unfortunately you're probably going to have a lot of people who are coming out to vote for or against you based on yeah. just emergency powers. They probably don't care about funding to private prisons. And again, ideally they yeah. would. Sorry for that word salad, but yeah, you kind of, I think you just kind of got to take that. You got to run with the hand you're dealt. It's probably a lot of single issue voters. Yeah, no. And it's so true. And as bad as it is, we're fortunate to to have, sometimes things have to get terrible before people can see Absolutely. their way out. And I think that's where, where we're at. So if I was ever going to, you know, launch my um, efforts, you know, take my time and talents over into this realm of public service, um, now is, is, is such an exciting time for myself because the single issue is freedom, which is our foundation. Now it makes me sad that that's, it was a possibility. Um, I feel like that's something that should have been understood and always there as Americans. But as we know from history, that that's not the case. And this is our generation um, to, you know, reestablish our foundation in this, um, in our local communities, as well as our national government. Um, but, you know, I've been told a lot, you know, people will say to me, oh, you're going to have to run on something more than just freedom. And I said, there's nothing more basic than that. And if we if we talk about individual liberties, individual rights, the Constitution and freedom, and you just check all of your decisions on those principles, then you you will be on the right side of of every decision. And now it's just a matter of policy and um, what what gets us to the same end. Um, faster or more efficient, but what's happened is our, our complete foundations eroded. So if I was ever going to be a single issue candidate, I'm glad it's during this time because, you know, there's just nothing more basic than um, our human rights, which is freedom. The most basic human right is freedom. When we have that and get to exercise it, you know, we're a, we're a well-oiled machine and, and a great country. Yeah. And, but for just playing devil's advocate for those who would critique you, it you, it definitely needs to be put into like a realistic on the ground plans. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you say you're the freedom candidate, like I'm just, I'm again, playing devil's advocate. I clearly wouldn't have you on here if I didn't want to. I'm just going to play the asshole devil's yeah, advocate. Mm-hmm. It's good. People are going to say, what does that mean? That sound it sounds great on a banner. I'm the freedom candidate. What does that mean? So for like, um, like business businesses, mm-hmm. what could you, you know, say I'm, I'm Tommy and I own a, I own Tommy's whatever auto repair or Tommy's salon, you know, what would you be able to say to me? Like, what can you go in there and say, this is the emergency order, emergency order bill one nine nine five B. Can I take that one? Can I gut that? What is it that you can realistically do? What, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a whole, it's a hold the line on 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 those pro business rights right so we just saw the those emergency orders and their ability to shut us down like that's just not in the playbook for me that would never happen i don't care how bad it gets we have learned from the last two years that shutting down any business is not okay and especially not picking winners and losers because we all know not everything was shut down when we say there was a shutdown no certain businesses were shut down yeah not Others Walmart were left- not Target not yeah yeah, yeah, right. The government is is not one to pick winners and losers. So to the business owners, yeah, no shutdowns ever, like non-negotiable. I don't care because there's something else. I'm sure that's going to come some other emergency. You're going to say, and we can't ever have the solution be worse than 
what, what we're fighting. So I think there, and then on other issues that might, maybe some other voters who maybe weren't in the service industry or not business owner, owners and didn't experience the pandemic um, like some of us did, right? Where we went co to completely zero. They might still be concerned with the jails. And like in Dallas County, they failed inspections twice, two years in a row, the county jails. Um, we have inmates that are on um, suicide watch that are dying because they're understaffed. And so let me give you an example. When I went over, went through the budget, preparing for a debate we had um, in my primary, just by a quick glance, um, with not knowing a whole lot about the insides of the court, I found that the commissioner's court has a 90-day hiring freeze on all positions in order to be fiscally responsible. Yet, for 2022, they have slotted in a diversity, equity, and inclusion director at $163,000 a year. Why would we do that? Why would we have our understaffed jails, no, you know, a hiring freeze, and a DEI director slotted in? What is a DEI director going to do for anybody but further divide and spread more critical race theory and divisiveness to our community? So that's the kind of stuff the court's doing. So that's one example that I would be like, no, we can't even run our jails properly. Why in the world would we have this position? I don't, maybe they want the suicides to be diverse. They want suicides from all. And I'm making light. I'm making light of this as someone that lost a sibling to suicide. But I mean, like, yeah, yeah, in 2014. But like, I'm just, but I'm, just, I'm playing light of it. It's like, <laughs> what would you possibly like? Don't worry, guys. We now our suicide, our monthly suicides, so we now have a one trans male. We have a, we have a black female. We have some. What, what in the, what in the world? And so I'm like, <laughs> I look at this and I go. They make it look like this might be really complicated, but really it's going in and having the courage to call BS. Yeah. Just call it. Like, I'm not scared to say there is no need for a DEI director. There, that is not a core function of the government. No, I don't care what other companies are doing or what other government entities are doing. That is not a core function of government. So it is a hard no. And there's just some people who go along to get along who are planning their next four years, who are positioning for the next board seat or what have you when they leave office. And I'm just there to step in and run this commissioner's court like a business and call BS when I see it. You know, maybe I won't get the votes. Maybe I won't get a lot done technically, but that's an underestimation of bringing these issues to light to the community as a whole because that that tip over vote that that vote that gets us our influence is the people's vote and our government for too long are keeping these issues in the shadows and keeping people dumb to where they don't even know what's going on because the only way to know is to have someone tell you right one of your your elected officials are supposed to bring the issues to you but if they're keeping you in the dark forcing you to have to dig through agendas and listen to hours long commissioners court meetings just to find out what's going on in the commissioner's court everyday americans just aren't going to do that it's too much time we do not have time we, we trust our elected officials to bring us the issues to tell us to be honest with us and so i go start telling people did you know there's a hiring freeze and a 163,000 dei what no i didn't know that we'll come down to the commissioner's court and tell my colleagues right my future colleagues what you think about it and all of a sudden these elected officials who care about getting reelected might actually start listening to the people. So I, I think those are just really actionable things that I'll be able to do in there that don't require, you know, a majority vote. Um, how are the elections carried out for that position you're going for? Sure. It's a November election. It's the, it's the midterms. Um, so we just got done with the primary season, um, you know, uh, March 1st. So we, we had the Republican Democrat primary. So you have to, you know, pick your ticket. And so then the general election will be November 8th. So I'm someone who, I mean, I, I really, I think the 2020 election kind of, I think that destroyed a lot of people's faith in the system. Mm -hmm. It's, I, I don't care who's running when, when multiple swing states pause in the middle of the night and then all start going the other way with just hundreds of thousands of votes pouring in in unmarked fans at 4 a.m. That, I mean, that's bullshit. That's, 
that's banana republic stuff that's what that's what the cia has been doing overseas for the last 75 years not none of this really matters unless the election is is credible is there any way to ensure that or for people living in dallas is there any way to be is there anywhere they go to sign up to be poll watchers or something because yeah truly i mean it's it's a it's a brilliant attack on a system you only need to attack you only need to control the uh the election counting and then you can really just be as terrible t- terrible of a judge or a politician or governor as you want and it won't matter because it doesn't matter who's running against you or what platform they're on or what you know groundwork they're doing nothing will matter if at 4 a.m all of a sudden uh you know a, a pallet with a hundred thousand votes come in and uh only three of them are for lauren davis and then uh the rest go you know right down to the other side so is there anything people can actually do to I guess, I don't know, poll watch, election watch, anything like that? Yes. Yeah. So in this camp, in, in my campaign, we are not only playing to win, but we're also playing to build back our volunteer base, our, our Republican party here in Dallas County. So yes, a lot of this happens. A lot of the fraud happens. Um, that doesn't have to do with machines and some of the tech issues that there are. But a lot of this just everyday fraud happens because there aren't um, election day judges or poll watchers. So it's really easy. You just get onto your county um, government's website, whatever county you're in, in Texas or anywhere in the country, and you can go and sign up. These are volunteer-based positions. Um, sometimes they're paid positions. They are here in Texas for election day judges and such. But we have to have engagement. And so I personally was not a politically active person ever. You know, I I voted for Trump in 2016 and 2020. He opened my eyes and it was interesting to me. Um, I, you know, I never really followed too much of it. And the first sign I ever put in my yard for a candidate was my my sign. I just wasn't active. I kind of didn't know to be, didn't realize the importance. And I think COVID has shown all of us, the 2020 election has shown all of us, we have to get engaged. We have to do our part. And that looks different for everybody. And so maybe it is the day of poll watcher because, you know, I've heard stories about, you know, in certain polling locations in Dallas County, if there's not um, Republican poll watchers or a Republican judge, there's been, um, you know, stacks of driver's license brought in and all these people voted because there's no one watching. So just simple things like that, just having watchers, like you're saying, yeah. judges there, you know, there's a Democrat judge and a Republican judge. It's just a volunteer. So there's a dispute over someone's ability to be able to vote that day for whatever reason it is. Um, the judge determines that, you know, the judge needs a clerk. So there's probably about a total of five volunteers that are needed per location in order for at least on the ground level to secure it. And that matters. And people could get into the mindset and go, oh, well, that doesn't matter because then they'll still steal it because of the machines and the algorithms, okay? And I get that, and that needs to be addressed, but we can't let that deter us from manning our polling locations, right? We all have to do our part, and we've got to stop, start somewhere. Because the problem is enormous. The the fact that we are where we're at in our world is an enormous, but I think the saying goes like the elephant, you know, one bite at a time, literally one bite at a time. And, you know, getting in there and, and your elections are under your commissioner's court or whatever your state calls that, that form of county government, your elections. And in Texas, your elections department is in the county government. So, for example, there's five people who vote um, for our elections administrator. So the person who's in charge of all the elections, like whether we have the DS200 machines or we do paper ballots or how many polling locations, all these things are decided under the commissioner's court here in Texas. And there's the two county chairs, so Democrat and a Republican county chair, the county judge is a vote, um, the tax assessor and the county clerk. Those are the five votes. Those are the people who have complete influence over our entire election here in the county. And you know that people aren't you know, politically active. Just think about when you're listening to election day results come in, they're talking about precincts. They're talking about counties because all of these things are counted and stolen, right, in, in certain cases, and fraud happens at the precinct level, at the county level. They're not talking about the national polling location. Remember, our elections are locally run. 
Yeah. And and it's for us to get involved in them. Yeah. No, and I, I do think I do think it's a good point. Is a and I know I'm certainly guilty of it. It's very easy to become demoralized and go, "The hell's even the point of voting?" It's like I get it. Absolutely. That's what, they make, want, that's what they want but, to happen. <laughs> correct. That's what they want. They don't want you. That's why in war propaganda is so necessary. You know, when 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 you lose somewhere, you can't. Oh, what's the point? They bulldozed us. It's very. They they know that. They they know that when when the Germans Ooh. took. Well, yeah, when the Germans took Poland in like seventy two hours. Yeah, it was really demoralizing to see that. But that's what they want you to think. And it there's a there's a great quote, and it's um if the situation was hopeless, their propaganda wouldn't be necessary. So right. when you see the election stolen and you see it right in front of you and it is raw power, right? It's like someone walking up to someone in jail and, you know, knocking out the biggest guy in the first day. It is raw power. You saw it stolen with your own eyes in front of you. You saw every news station in lockstep saying the same thing. It was very clear what happened. It was incredibly clear what happened. It was a coup. That's raw power. That's intimidating. However, you don't need to steal an election if you have everyone on your side. So by the very fact that they stole it shows that they are a very small minority. And, you know, maybe they'll steal the presidential election again. I don't know. But they only stole the presidential election. Everything else showed the normal, like, changing of seats. So to me, that says, is like, yeah, they're looking at the elephant and they're like, we only can do one bite. We have to do the presidential election. Well, then go win every other election, go win every governorship, mayorship, whatever. And I do think that's important. And don't become demoralized. That's what they want. So, yeah, you know what? They probably are going to screw around with the algorithms and the electric. It's just what it is. It sucks. And but, you know, tackle what's in front of you first and then move on to the next thing. And don't become demoral. I mean, really, above all else, it's just like. I don't know, like, don't be a bitch. Like, just keep fighting. You know, at a certain yeah. point, at a core keep level. Fighting. It's like, stand yeah. up, dude. It's like, yeah. straighten up. Put your shoulders back. At the very point, it's like, we all gonna die one day. At least go out fighting. Oh, they're gonna steal the election at four in the morning. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Go crawl into a hole with your tail between your legs. Yes, I think that's exactly where we're at in this country. And what the fundamental call is, is take a stand. It looks different for everybody. My stand is running for county judge. It's a big one, right? It's a life-changing turn our whole family upside down. I I stopped everything I was doing in life and putting all my efforts here. And it is a sacrifice beyond belief. And don't look at that and say, well, I can't do that. So I should do nothing. Think about what can I do? It can be everything from just having hard conversations in your community, right? You have that friend who you have a, a good, you know, a good conversational relationship, and you feel like you can challenge them a little, challenge them, but don't shame them. Don't demoralize them too. We need everyone in this and people will wake up at all different times and we need to restore communities. We have to go right in, start with your family, then go out to your extended family, your communities, and we will take back our country, but we can't keep looking at this like it's gonna happen overnight. We didn't get here overnight. Um, I mean, unless you consider the election (laughs) and some stuff happened overnight there, but, uh, no pun intended, but, um, you know, we just have, we just have to take a stand. We have to do something. Doing nothing is allowing your country to go. Doing nothing is something right. And we, we just cannot be at a place of rest. We've rested too long. Um, I've rested. Um, I won't ever rest again in my life you know, if, if I, you know, God's will on this race, if I don't win it, I'm in this for the long haul, I'll find something else to do. I'll find some other way to stay engaged. Like you're saying, we cannot allow them to demoralize us because we really are the majority. Americans are the majority. And this small extreme group of people have just been loud. They've eroded our trust in some basic institutions, right? Our elections, um, now our medical community, um, our school systems, they're, they're, taking us at our system. So we just need to reclaim that back, but that's not going to happen without reclaiming our families um, back and, and focusing in and making sure our children are well, their mental health is well. Um, and then we need to need to start giving back, you know, so maybe stop writing checks and go be an election judge or yeah. write a check, give your money and your time. Or if you don't have the money to give, 
give your time, but do something. Yeah. Because it yeah. all matters. Yeah. You can't look at it and go, well, I can't be president because that takes a, a team of a thousand people and a half a billion dollars. No, yeah. aim smaller. Maybe it's school board. If I can't do school board, I don't know. Start a podcast and just interview somebody. If you can't do that, share the interview. I don't know. You can do anything. You can genuinely do anything, right? Um, we got we got to wrap this one up. But uh, very last question: um, Is there anything whatsoever you can do about like be declassifying JFK files, or is that is that way <laughs> is that way above your pay grade? I think that might be way above my pay grade, but you know. All right. Well, we'll start small. We'll start with something in there. <laughs> we'll start small with the election. Then we'll then we'll move up to JFK files. So, well, I figured right. it's a shot. Um, I think I think what we can say is that government has kept us in the shadows for a long time. So it'll yeah. be nice to have a good, honest person in office like <laughs> myself who's just going to be like, "What?" Just, Questioning everything, fresh eyes, fresh perspective. Just steer clear of Dealey Plaza. Just don't don't go. No, my kids school that I fought um, the mandates in, you know, they took our parental rights away. They did put my children in a in a cage. I must say that Um, maybe for another time, a plexiglass floor to ceiling cage completely withheld their education just for not wearing a mask. The school is called Dealey Montessori. Oh, God. (laughs) God. Well, um, uh. If you could, what website can people go to to learn more about you? Or do you, if you just, if you just text me like the, your Twitter links, your website links, all that good stuff, I'll put it in the description. Yes, yes, I can. Um, and my website is davis, the number four, dallas.com. So davis for dallas.com. It has or like the full story about my kids, other media I've done. Um, people can keep up with the race there. Um, donations are important. I'm realizing why these campaigns are so expensive because they're just one big, marketing campaign and oh, yeah. everything's expensive these days just marketing so yeah 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 um Davis for Dallas. Well, well if you'll just like literally write it out in a text just be like website mm-hmm. twitter blah 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 i will copy and paste whatever you give me and just put it right in the description so okay. lazy, laziness on my end but i've i've done that for like 700 plus episodes now so now it's just become my standard where i'm like whatever okay. you write i'll put it in there so okay miss lauren davis i'll definitely do that Thank you so much. I'd love to have you on again. Thank you, Dr. McCullough, for putting us in touch. And um, yes, yeah, great hero of our time. I love Dr. McCullough. So thank you so much. Love to have you on again. And um, yeah, it was a great chat. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yep. Take care.